I know, how to, I know how to take the step because of your word. Your word is guiding me. Your word is directing me. Your word is leading me. And when I do what his word says, I can't fail. Amen? You got to get in the book. You got to know the word of God. You got to have it inside of you. Come on, somebody. Amen? Aren't you glad God sent his word? Amen? God spoke it so it could be written. And it was written so you could speak it. So you just got to get God's word, read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. You got your Bible with you today? Let's stand together one more time. We're going to hold our Bible up in the air. We're going to make a confession. Stand up, hold it up, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I've got a teachable spirit from this moment forward. I will never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Give God one more big prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I, short on time, trying to figure out exactly how I want to do this. I, I want to kick devil booty. That's what I live to do. I'm going to worship God and demonstrate Satan's defeat. I'm going to live to worship God. And to demonstrate Satan's defeat. If I'm not worshiping God, I want to be demonstrating Satan's defeat. If I'm not demonstrating Satan's defeat, I'd like to be worshiping God. Well, we don't like the way you worship. Go somewhere else. This is what we do. This is how we do it. We press in. Amen. Well, at our church, we ain't at your church. We're at my church. And at my church, this is what we're going to do. We're going to worship God and we're going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. We are going to learn to walk in victory or we're going to get terribly frustrated with people screaming down our throat because they say we can't have victory. You know what's really, what is really sad is when a huge majority of believers live just like the lost. I'm not talking about habitual, you know, systems. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about smoking, drinking, chewing, uh, you know, gambling, uh, cussing. Quite frankly, if you can smoke and walk in victory, I'll light you up. I, I just don't care about that stuff. I'm talking about being right with God and walking in victory. I know a lot of people who don't smoke, don't chew, don't cuss, don't gamble, and they are depressed, beat up, bleeding, and a pain in the rear. Well, they're going to heaven. I hope they hurry. But I'm talking about being in victory. Having victory when, when the whole world thinks that you should be going under, but you got that stupid grin on your face because you know I can't be taken out. Don't the Bible say that he will satisfy you with long life? That's the word of God. He shall satisfy thee with long life. He shall satisfy thee with long life. Well, if you ain't satisfied yet, you don't need to die. Ever thought about that? Well, the doctor says I'm dying. Well, tough. I'm not satisfied yet. Do you realize that? Oh, man. God's word is true. It is alive. It is alive. If you'll get it coming out of your mouth, you can change everything. I said you can change everything. Well, yeah, but you don't know what we're going through. Right. We've never had a problem. We've never had a family struggle. We've never known financial stress. None of that. 
No, we just have it on Easy Street. People swing by our house. They've mowed the lawn while we were gone. Praise Jesus. Bringing us money. Some people clap. Some people shout. Others just throw money our way. Now we live in the same life you're living. I'm here today to tell you God's word works. There are days when the sideshow distraction of chaos and calamity can cause you to forget what he said. But as soon as you remember, as soon as you remember, all you got to do is get back on God's word. You know that little thing we practiced this morning, counting in your head and then speaking out loud and the counting's got to stop. If you would just stop allowing the enemy to control your mind. See, words turn to thoughts. Thoughts turn to emotions. Emotions make choices. Choices determine actions. Actions determine habits. Habits determines character. Character determines final outcome. I know you think the final outcome is based upon the meanness of the people around you. It ain't. Your final outcome is not based upon how your brothers treat you, how your mama talks to you, what your teachers say, what the neighbors are doing. Your final outcome is based upon the character that you possess. And the character is determined by the habits that you perform. And the habits that you perform are determined by the actions that you're consistently taking. Those actions are based upon the decisions that you're always making. Those decisions are based upon the emotions that you've created, that you've allowed to be inside of you. Your, your emotions always make your choices. You either choose to protect your feelings or choose to protect your future, but it, the choices are always based upon emotion, and the emotions that you have are created by the thought life that you have, and the thought life that you have is based upon the word that you're living by. See, a lot of people think that, they're, that, that thoughts determine the words. No, words determine thoughts. Thoughts determine emotion. You're living based upon a word somebody's said something mean to you or you've got a positive word and that's what you're basing your thought life on. You're thinking right in agreement with the word or you're thinking wrong with a, with a word that's contrary to the word. But it all comes down to words. And the enemy's trying to plant words into you and he's trying to give you a word that'll cause you to think a negative thought, think a, in a way that's contrary to the word so that your emotions will get off, so that when your emotions are off, your choices will be off. When your choices are off, your actions will be off. When your actions are off, your habits are off. When your habits are off, your character is off. When your character is off, your end result is off. So you can be a really nice guy. You got a Jesus t-shirt. You got a fish emblem on the back of the car. You're still living like a loser. You're getting the end result that is not what God promised. And why is that? Well, because you're not living on the word. See, you're in agreement with words that are contrary to the word. In the middle of your storm, you got to ask yourself, what word am I living out today? I meditate the word. I practice the word. I give the word first place. I immediately, I immediately obey the word. What word are you obeying? What word are you applying to your current situation? What's the word? What do I mean, what's the word? I mean, what scripture are you living out today? In the middle of a storm, what's the word? It ought to be Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall cause them to fall, stumble, quit, or fail. Great peace, great peace, great. Great is a word that means really big old honking chunk of it. In the Greek, it means huge-o. 
monstrosity level of peace, a peace that is so big it swallows up any storm that comes my way. Peace, baby. I got the same peace that Jesus had. I got a big old chunk of peace because I love God's law. I don't just like God's law. I love God's law. When you love something, you'll leave other things to stay connected to the thing that you love. Right? So I love God's word. Great peace have those that love God's word. Nothing, no thing, not one single thing out there or created. Nothing can cause me to quit, stumble, fall, or for you. I cannot be offended because I got great peace. When the doctor says you're going to die, what word are you going to build your life on? The one that he gave or the one that God's word says that, well, I'll satisfy you with long life. Well, I got another word for you. You shall not die but live and declare the goodness of your king. I got another word for you. That by his stripes you were healed. I got another word for you. Jesus sent his word. God sent the word and healed them. I got another word for you. The elders anointed them with oil and prayed the prayer of faith and the sick recovered. I got a, How many scriptures do you need? Find one to base your life on. Quite often, even our prayer life is all messed up. We're not praying Right, you know, effective prayer is going into the presence of God with God's word, getting to agreement with God on that word. That is effective prayer. Effective prayer is going into God's presence with God's word, getting to agreement with God on that word. Effective prayer is not praying the problem. Begging Jesus to do something about your big old hurricane problem. It ain't helping. I mean, God, you know, sometimes we want to get together and uh, will you pray for me? Yeah, what's wrong? Well, you know, my husband and my wife, my spouse, my children, they, they're all right. Oh, Jesus, help us. Look at how ugly our family is. Man, they're wrong. They're bad. They treat us wrong. They've been, they've been mean. They've been making me look at it. Look at it, Jesus. They're so far from you. Oh, God. <laughs> we think that's praying. I ain't praying. That's complaining. I've complained many times and called it prayer, but it wasn't prayer. It was just complaining. It ain't helping. It doesn't change anything. But when you go into God's presence with God's word and get to agreement with God on that word, you walk in and you say, all my children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Father, I got your word that says all my children shall be taught of the Lord. In other words, you're going to send people who know you around my children and they're going to instruct them in the way that they should go. And Father, I tried to do what you told me to do, raise up my child the way that he should go, and when he is old, he would not depart from it. And Father, I've done my very best, which probably had was filled with mistakes, but it don't make any difference because it really isn't about me, it's about you. And your word says that all my children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Well, yeah, but do you see the way they're living? Do you really think that what they're doing has greater final outcome potential than what God said? My children ain't got a chance. They're all going to serve God. You know why? Because I got a word. I got a promise. Well, yes, but you don't understand. I've been hurt. Haven't we all? Shelby asked a question earlier. How many of you know everyone in the room? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have never been hurt? The same people who know everyone have never been hurt. I've been disappointed. You'll be disappointed again. You'll be hurt again. You'll be irritated. You'll be offended. I can do it before the service is over. It's one of my gifts. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can just drive you nuts. But the reality is, is that that can't be the determining factor of how we're going to live our life. It is about time that you get over your offenses. If all the enemy has to do to stop you from walking in victory is get you irritated with somebody, you are a great target. Because there are irritating people all around you. Don't look. There are people who are going to push your buttons. People who are going to look at you funny. People who are going to say the wrong thing. People who are going to do the wrong action. And you want to know why? Because they really don't care about you. So you're going to get your feelings hurt. But if that's all it takes to keep you out of victory, then get used to living out of victory. And you can be a big old hairy victim and blame it on all those people who should be more concerned with your feelings. And you can go through life, and you, matter of fact, when you get old, you can just tighten up the bun. And you can be religious, but you won't be in victory. You won't live the life. You know, Matthew 10, 39, Jesus said that there's a higher life and a low life, and he who hangs on to the low life will miss out on it, the high life. There's a higher level of life that God wants you to have. Look at John 14, 27 in the Amplified. Jesus said, peace I give unto you. I, I, not, not just any peace, my own peace I now bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it. In other words, it's a choice. Don't let that heart be afraid. Fear, it's a choice. Don't let it. St stop it. Look at somebody and say, stop it. There are some things that the enemy is trying to do to you to keep you from the future that God has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, you may have heard this before. God said, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. I say that the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It is the hope of a future that has the enemy so upset. The hope of a future. Don't you think it's strange that everything that the enemy tries to do is tries to use your past to, to, to keep you from making it into the future that he's called you to? He's always reminding you of mistakes you've made. Admit it. You know, anytime that enemy shows up and says, you know, you, there's a lot wrong with you. Uh, I just end the argument. You're right. Why argue? It, it doesn't matter. It's not the issue. You've got an enemy that's trying to stop you from reaching the future that God has called, created, and equipped you for. It's about the future. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Don't, don't get paralyzed by something that's going to try to keep you from getting to where God's taking you. Look, look at the Amplified. It's crazy. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Stop it. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. Stop. Man, it's the, it's the wrong result. It's the wrong result. What word are you living on? Don't let the enemy mess with you. He's given you, God has given you peace. There is a peace that passes all understanding that has the ability to keep my heart and mind riveted on the Lord Jesus Christ.
There is a peace that passes my ability to understand. I don't have to understand everything. I've got a position of peace that God's calling me to. And I realize the enemy's coming to try to get me out of that position of peace because as long as I'm in the peace spot, I have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Well, I, I want life to get easy. Die. That's when life's going to get easy. Well, I thought if I came to Jesus, I wouldn't have any more battles. Well, you thought wrong. You hook up to God and do what God's called you to do, and you are in the middle of a warfare. But you don't have to constantly lose. You could constantly win. How? By exercising your faith. By being who God's called you to be. Instead of thinking those thoughts, how about speaking God's word? Stop allowing yourself to be disturbed. Well, how do I do that? By speaking his word. I got to remember what he said. When I remember what he said, all of a sudden, it changes everything. Remember David going out to fight Goliath? And, and, he, and he shows up, and, and you know, and I won't belabor the point because you all know the story. You've heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it. But here, 40 days, twice a day, the armies were set to, against each other in array, the Bible says. You know, did you ever watch Braveheart? Remember when the armies are separated by the, by the battlefield, and they're all out on each, uh, on, on each other's side. You know, they all got their own side, and, and they're screaming and hollering and yelling back and forth. That's, that's setting the battle in array. They are hollering and screaming and flashing their kilt. And David comes up. And he goes out to fight Goliath. And everybody, you know, they're, they're in the foxhole. They, they are nervous. Here's this kid. He's going to go out. If he loses, we're going to be the Philistine servants for the rest of our lives. And David goes out with a sling and some stones. And he takes out Goliath. But as he's out there and he's got that sling, he, you know, uh, the, the guys are talking back and forth. He goes, I can't believe he's going out there with a sling, man. All he's got is a sling. He should have taken a spear. He should have taken a sword. That guy's, that guy, that guy's been, uh, you know, at war since he was a child. He's, he's going to eat David up. Look at that. All he took was a sling. And, and the other guy goes, man, I, you know, I can't believe it. I know he's had a sling. Along. We all had slings. And, and one of the guys decides he's going to be encouraging. He said, well, did you know that David killed, killed a lion? And the guy looks at him and says, well, I, I've killed three lions. David killed a lion, not the only lion. Well, he also killed a bear. Another guy down, down the line, he says, I've got three bearskin rugs in my house. They started remembering. When they saw the rock fly through the air and hit Goliath in the head, they looked at each other and they said, I could have done that. Think about it. The same guys that hid for 40 days from one Philistine rose up and chased the Philistine army until they had pursued them and, and killed them all. Why, where, did that, where did that come from? Because they started remembering. I could have done that. I've done that before. I've seen that. You got to start remembering God's word. You know what? God has blessed you. He will bless you. He will continue to bless you. He, he has delivered. He will deliver. He will continue to deliver. To deliver. you got to remember what he said. Check this out. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11 in the, in the message. It says, remember. Remember. Look at somebody say, remember. you got to remember this. Remember what God said. Remember what God's word says. Remember. Let, let your mind 
Go to what God said, not, not what the world's saying, not, not what the news is saying, not, not what other voices are saying. What does God's word say? It says a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Oh, great. He's going to talk about offerings. Now I'm going to talk about future. Harvest, crop, all that is is a promised future. You understand that when God's dealing with you about a harvest, he's promising you a future. You can't have a harvest without a future. And you don't want a future without a harvest. Last thing you want to do is live a long time with nothing. So God is saying, remember, man, so big, reap big, so little, reap little. You're going to give something. You're going to release something. Something of your life is going to be released. And when you release, I'm going to increase. Remember, future is based on what you're willing to give up. The more you give, the greater you're going to receive, right? Look at the next verse. Verse 7 says, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. Make up your own mind what you will give. Now, relax. We've already taken the offering. We're not taking another one. We're really not even going to talk to you about money. It's just a mindset that you've got to possess, that God has a future for you, but it would be really cool if you would participate in it. Hello? See, we all want God to come down and do something. He does every day. Problem is we don't participate in very much of it. Every day there is a, there, there is a movement of God. Opportunity is, is a great door of effectual opportunity that is open unto you. First Corinthians 16 I don't know, 19 or 33. Go read your Bible. You'll find it. There is a great door of effectual opportunity open unto you. It's huge. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. Make up your mind what you will give. God's going to talk to you about being a giver. But if, if you take time to think about it, it'll protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. You won't be given because you have to or given because you, you feel like it's a necessity. No, you will have developed a plan. Look, God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. You know, instead of getting beat up by a defeated enemy, how do you like to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a brand new level? I know you're afraid to answer now because you think I'm going to come get your money. I'm not. How many of you would like to see victory at a level that you have never experienced before? Instead of the enemy coming after you, how about we go after him? I want to humiliate hell. And, and you know what? The, the enemy has been attacking in different areas and different families have been under, under great stress and great, great all kinds of stuff is going on. I mean, think about it. He, he tried to burn down my brother's business. The devil's a loser, man. He, he, he's attacked people on their body. How about we deal such a crazy blow to hell? That, that we just humiliate the powers of darkness. Devastate the devil himself. Check it out. Look, look at verse 8. God can pour on blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. 
See, some of us are willing to live at a level of life where we're just, we got just enough for what needs to be done. But I think God wants us to live a life that is ready for anything and everything. Philippians 4.13, the Amplified, Paul said, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. Wouldn't you like to be at a place where you could say, I don't care what happens, I am equipped to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Well, how about we just get there because we are. We are equipped by God, ready for, equal to anything the enemy can throw our way through Christ who is infusing us with an inner strength. How do I get there? By releasing something and it opens a door for an increase. Check this out. Look look at verse nine. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. He throws caution to the wind. What does that sound like to you? Let me tell you what it sounds like to me. Trusting God. Throw caution. What's caution? Fear, worry, anxiety. Let that go. And in reckless abandon, giving to the needy. Here's what we're going to do, guys. In a couple of weeks, what's the date of free market? 24th? On the 24th, we're going to set up in the parking lot, and we're going to have what we call free market. Free market. Free market, not flea market, free market. Flea market, a flea market is where you take your junk and hope to get somebody to pay you for it. A free market is where you take your best and give it with no strings attached, just like God's love. You know why we're going to do this? Not because it's nice. Just, just, just so you know, it might be nice, but that is not the motivation behind the action. I haven't done anything ever to be nice. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I heard in church most of my life it was all about learning to be nice. It's just about learning manners and that kind of stuff. And, now, and that, you, you, you have no idea how irritated I got when that was not why God sent his son Jesus, was so that I could learn good manners. No, he, he sent his son Jesus so I could rise up and demonstrate the enemy's defeat. Let me tell you why we're going to do free market. Because it's going to devastate the powers of darkness. It might be nice. It's going to bless some people. But I tell you what it's going to do. It's going to damage the powers of hell. There are areas of your life that you just can't seem to get any breakthrough on. But trust me, if you do what God said, he'll produce what he promised. And there are areas of your life that will be so enrichly blessed. God can pour out the blessing in the most astonishing ways. Crazy what God's going to do in your world and in the world of the people who come and take our stuff. Think about it. Think, get this picture in your mind. Picture this in your mind. You go home and you start praying because we want you to take plenty of time to think it over, what you should give. Well, I ain't giving you my stuff. Okay, keep it. But I bet if you talk to God, he'd tell you what to give. I bet his attitude about the giving isn't anywhere like your stingy attitude. I bet God is going to want you to, to participate. Wouldn't it be cool? Get this picture. Wouldn't it be interesting if you went home and you decided, I'm, well, I'm just going to pray and talk to God. See, because we believe that we're learning how to be led by the Spirit. And the Bible says in Romans eight fourteen that those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And we're learning that we have ears to hear the voice of God, that when God speaks, anyone who hears his voice and does what he says, he's wise. Anybody who hears what he says and doesn't do it, he's a fool. We've chosen to be wise instead of foolish, so we're going to do what he said. And when we do what he said, he's going to produce what he promised every single time. So wouldn't it be interesting if you went home and you began to pray and ask God, do you really want me to give? Doesn't really sound like God, does it? You know, God who so loved the world that he gave 
You think he's going to tell you to give? I bet you $5 he's going to tell you to give. You're going to go home, you're going to begin to pray, God, what do you want me to give? He's going to say dining table. You're going to say TV tray. I guarantee you, you're going to get, you're going to go into this. Let's make a deal with Jesus and, uh, you will lose. And, and, and God's going to say dining table. You're going to TV tray, dining table, TV tray. I don't, I don't want to. Yes, you're going to. And I, I don't, and you're going to have this battle. So take plenty of time to think it over what you should give. But picture this, that you finally break down and it, with this real spirit of joy, you load up your dining table and you bring it to free market. And the anointing that's been in your home, on your life, around you, is on your stuff. Read your Bible. Read, read, read your Bible. There, there were men of God who couldn't get to where the sick were, so they tore off pieces of the garment and sent them. And when the garment got there, the sick were healed. So the table that you've been jo joining at for years, you've been joining hands around the table, praying, and that anointing's in, in the, the wood itself, and you give that, and some family that's never even heard about God, maybe they come and they pick up your table because they've never owned one. And they go to their house, and they sit down around a, a table, and they're going to have their first meal, and suddenly, just something's different. All of a sudden, there's peace in their home like they never had before. A stronghold that the enemy had over their life was now broken because of the anointing that was on you that transferred to your stuff that got shipped to their home with, and they didn't even know. And because you were willing to give in reckless abandon, you just damaged the powers of hell in a region that you would have never been able to touch had you not done what God said. But since you did what he said, he performed what he promised just like he does every single time. And now not only are you positioned for a future increase, but now a family that would have never been touched had the enemy not messed with us, but we decided to do what God said. Now we did what God said, and that family is now getting the presence of God in their home. So instead of just you walking in victory, now all of a sudden it's spreading out. We're working with different agencies in the community that, that minister to the most needy families in our community. Five, six hundred tickets are being mailed out by them to different families. They're going to have the first two hours. They're going to come to the parking lot. First two hours, they'll have a ticket. If you don't have a ticket, you can't get in for two hours. But, but they'll, they'll bring their tickets, and they'll, they'll go through, and they'll just pick up anything they want, and they'll take it. No strings attached. After the two hours, we'll just open it up. Well, what if some rich guy comes and takes my big screen? doesn't matter because you're just doing what God said so that he can produce what he promised. Well, how are we going to keep people from just taking everything? We're not. We're hoping they do. The last thing I want to do is fill the parking lot with stuff and then have to clean it up. <laughs> want them to take everything. Well, I bet you wouldn't do this. Not too long ago, the phone rang in the office here. We had a phone call come in. And there was a family that was in. It, they, they, they had some pretty interesting need. They had a pretty long list of stuff, uh, household things that they, that they needed. And Shelby and I, we, we made the list down and we were going to make phone calls to find out who had this stuff. And, and, but uh, in the car on the way home, we just looked at each other and said, well, we've got, we've got that, we've got that, we've got that. One of the things they needed, they needed a dining room set, so we gave them ours. When you come over Saturday night for home plate, you'll notice that we have a plastic table. Uh, they, they needed a couch, so we packed up one, and, and we called them up and came up. They get I think most, most of the stuff on the list, I wouldn't ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. I'm going to tell you what, been in, been in church most of my life. You know, uh, when I was a kid growing up, we were in church twice a day because we did, we did revival meetings, morning and night, morning and night, morning and night, morning. They used to have what they called prove me offerings. 
People would go home and pray and come back and you prove to God that he's everything in your world. Go, go find the thing. I want to encourage you, 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 you young people, pray about it. God might ask you to give your Nintendo. He might. Why? Because there's some kids that probably have never had one. You know, when they're struggling to find bread, it, it, it might be that they've never really had an Xbox. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's God speaking to you. What would God have you? I want each of you to take some time and really think it over what God would have you to give. I promise we're not going to have a rummage sale when you're not looking and use the money to send the pastor on vacation. I promise that we are positioning ourselves to hit the devil with a knockout blow. We're going to minister to families that we couldn't have ever reached. Why? Because God loves them. Because God loves them. Devil shouldn't have messed with us. Should have left you alone. He got you to thinking about your problems and you started seeking God's help. And God says, I want you to forget about your problem. Throw caution to the wind. Let's be a giver. God, I need, my, I need help. Okay, here's, here's your solution. I want you to go home. I want you to load up your couch. No, God, you're not hearing me. I need help in this area of my life. Okay, put the lazy boy in too. Stop it, God. I just want you to speak to me about how to solve this problem. Okay, throw in the microwave too. Better start doing what he said or pretty soon you're going to need a big old U-Haul. <laughs> and just... Pray, hear God, do what he says. Watch what happens in your world. You know, there are some things you obviously can't give because you don't own them. But there are some things you own. I hear God calling now. <laughs> Hello? Sorry, I can't take the call right now. I'm really busy, but if you'll even name a number, I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. I think you want to talk to God because if you give him the freedom to leave a message, he might ask for more stuff than you thought you were willing to give. Take some time. Really pray about it. Hear from God. Get ready. It's time to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Time to demonstrate Satan's defeat. We have no idea the damage that one day of free market can do to the powers of darkness and the liberty that it'll bring into your life. Here's what I know. I know that families that have struggled in relationship are going to find restoration. I know that bodies that have struggled in health are going to be healed, restored, and they're going to recover. I know that situations where jobs haven't been easy to get, promotion will be released. I know that minds that have been kept awake all night long will suddenly find sweet peace in their sleep. I know that God's word will produce exactly what it said. And because we are doing what he said, he will produce what he promised. Amen? Ready, ready to do some damage to darkness? All right. Bow your head and close your eye. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for everything that you're doing in our life. We thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you that you've come and by your spirit you've ministered. It's not by might, 
not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You've accomplished more today than any of us can even comprehend right now. So, Father, we thank you that as we position ourselves to hear from you, that you are going to speak, and we have a heart to obey. So, Father, as we get ready to kind of be like God, we, we want to be God-like. God so loved the world that he gave. We, we love you so much that we're going to give. And Father, just speak to us. Let, us. let us know that the devil wouldn't tell us to give our stuff to the needy. Let us know that our flesh probably wouldn't rise up and say, let's give our stuff to the needy. So when we have your spirit speaking to us, give that, we'll know it's you. And we'll respond immediately in obedience. If you're here today 